thank you, God, for your presence that is here. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Church, can we just continue to flow in that vein? God, we thank you for your presence that is here in your glory. God, we worship and adore you. We magnify you and lift you up in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, see, Sister Monique starting off with some of those, I guess what we like to call old school songs. I like to call them throne room songs. Because those are the songs that I like to sing that gets me right into his presence. And if it's all right, 
songwriter said, when I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I've got a testimony. and Prince. Before we begin with the further part of our service for today, let us begin with prayer. 
Father, we praise you that you are a God who makes wonderful promises. We praise you that you promise life, you promise peace and joy. You promise a world ruled by a perfect ruler who loves and cares for his people. Father, we praise you that you are faithful to all of your promises. We praise you that you have the power to endure that not a word of your promises ever falls to the ground. We praise you that even when we when man seek in their evil to obstruct your plans, that you use their evil to bring your plans to fulfillment. We praise you that you have complete conf- that we have complete confidence in all of your promises, including the promise that one day we will see the Lord Jesus Christ face to face in glory. Father, we praise you that you make your promises to those who do not deserve them. We praise you that though we have rejected your authority and refused to give thanks for your provision toward us, that you have promised your people an eternity under your perfect rule and a world full of abundance, a banquet for the best of meats and the finest of wines. We praise you that you have done what was necessary for these promises to come to fulfillment, that you have sent your son to seal the covenant of your promises in his own blood so that we may have confidence that though our sins are scarlet, you will wash them white as snow. Father, we praise you that when we have received every blessing that you have promised, that we will not that we will not rejoice so much in the glory of the world around us, but in the face and presence of our beloved Savior Jesus Christ. We praise you that every blessing we receive from your hands is the overflow of the glories of your character. Amen. Father, we come before you as our marker and our judge, conscious of our rebellion against you, conscious that although you are the provider and our sustainer, we reject and we have rejected you. Father, we confess that though you are the most glorious, beautiful, awesome thing in the universe, our hearts are cold to you, and we consider knowledge of you cheap. Father, we confess that we do not do your will. We confess that although our lives, we reject what you have said to be good and embrace what which is evil. Father, we consider that Jesus Christ was obedient unto death, and we confess that at the smallest inconvenience or hardship or denial of pleasure involved in obedience, we quickly turned away from doing what pleases you. Sometimes even the effort of trying to understand whether or not something is your will is too much trouble for us. And we confess that 
if disobedience makes the slightest offer of pleasure or comfort, we too often take it, ignoring the promises of life that you have made to those who follow you. Please forgive us, God, and change us that we might have hearts responsive to your word. Father, we confess that one of the ways we disobey you is in our lack of service toward others. We know that so often we refuse to relinquish our interest for the sake of others. Though we know that Christ was prepared to go to the cross in the service of us who deserve nothing of the kind, we are so often slow to lay aside our needs for the sake of others. We make excuses. We rationalize why our needs should come first, forgetting that Jesus Christ has come, has called us to follow him as a servant. Father, as we consider our sin, we are sorry for how little we pray to you that sin might not reign in our hearts. How little we cry out to you for strength to resist sin in our lives. We pray that you would give us a greater concern for obedience so that we would pray daily for our strength, for your strength to resist evil. We bring our hearts before you, Lord, full of evil and selfishness. And in the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, and by his blood shed for our sake, we ask that you would hear our prayer. Have mercy upon us, forgive us, cleanse us, and change us for your name's sake. And let everyone say, Amen. Good morning, kings, queens, princesses, and prince. Today is the 27th of June, which is our last Sunday for the month of June, the 2021. And this is the first time we've incorporated adding um, rise with our sermon for today. And for our fruit for to rise today, I want us to consider the fruit faithfulness. And as a topic on faithfulness for this particular episode, I want you to think about what is eating you? What is eating you? The scripture comes from Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 4 through 6. And for this episode, I will be reading from the voice translation. He's the rock and his work is perfect. Everything he does is right. He's the God who can be trusted, who never does wrong because he's righteous and upright. But a perverse and crooked generation has broken its word to him. They are not counted as his children, not with such deficiencies. Is this how you repay the eternal, you foolish, unwise people? 
isn't he your father who produced you, who made you, and established you? May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. The other scripture I want you to think about is coming from Psalms chapter 55 verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. May the Lord add a blessing and a reading to his word. Amen. In reflection, we eat to live, but what is really happening is that something is eating at us as well. The question is, what are we eating? What is eating us? What is really going on? Why the self-sabotage? The hand can't get out of the cookie or the potato chip bag. What's really going on? Boozing up and up. What's really going on? Hair falling out. What's really going on? We are given this life, so why are we wasting it? Maybe we're attempting suicide. Some people are. They smile, but they're attempting suicide or have attempted suicide this week or even last night or this morning. What's really going on? Binge eating. What's really going on? Doing compulsive activities like gambling or shopping. What's really going on? Involving yourself in impulsive and risky sexual behavior. What is really going on? Again, you're overusing alcohol and drugs. You're going to your friend's medicine cabinets when you're asking to go to the bathroom. What in the world is going on with you? You're wearing long sleeves in warm weather because you're inflicted self-injury such as cutting your hair burning pulling your hair lighting matches just compulsively lighting matches what is really going on people my people life is tough and full of stuff often it's too much The good news is that we don't have to carry this stuff alone. We do have the promises of God. Let me say it again. We do have the promises of God. Again, scripture reads in Psalms 55 verse 2, Cast your burdens to the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So rise up today. Level yourselves up and repeat after me, as in Isaiah 58, verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and what you break, and that you break every yoke. And that you break every yoke. In other words, God's will is that we should not be crushed down or burdened down with bags of burdens. Some of us 
or some of you listening to this are carrying a loaded purse full of bills. Yes, you have an overweight problem. You are carrying excess loads of burdens, bills, bills, and more bills. Some are yours and some are others. Just bills, bills, and more bills. Every day, you owe this and you owe that. God wants us to be free today. Jesus is standing at the door knocking, wanting to show us all where we went on down Skid Row. So let him free us today. God is glad to carry our burdens and give us the daily strength that we need. He says again, come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus will remove our heavy burdens of guilt and hopelessness and give us true rest in him. In Isaiah chapter 41 verse 13, he tells us, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. God promises to support and help us all through every trial. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, it tells us, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all of your care upon him. For he cares for you. Just knowing your heavenly father cares about you personally can make any load seem lighter. In Isaiah chapter 46 verse 4 he tells us, Even to your old age I am he, and even to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made and I will bear even I will carry and will deliver you. Just know that the Lord desires to constantly support us all throughout our life with the intention of saving us eternally. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 11 tells us, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. The Lord, the good shepherd, will gladly bear us in his gentle arms right now. Then let's look at Psalms 34, chapter, verse 17. Psalms 34, verse 17. It reads, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers out them out of all of their troubles. For us, if you belong to him, God will always listen when we call to him for help. Isaiah um, chapter 41 verse 10 tells us, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Through Through faith, his strength becomes ours. And he reaches out 
to keep us from falling. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 tells us, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When God has lightened our burdens, He asks us to do the same for others. Why not come to Jesus today and allow Him to relieve us all of our heavy loads so we don't have to walk around with bags, bags, and more bags? And one last thing I want to say as we look at this um, devotion. God does not promise a life devoid of hardship, but for those who have attempted to carry their own burdens and earn their own salvation, it is water to a man in a desert who is dying of thirst. Jesus saw that humanity was har harassed and helpless. He says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Christ wants us all to be missionaries and a reaper. There are those who cannot do, cannot do others than pray for life has laid them helpless and their prayers are indeed the strength of the laborers. But that is not the way for most of those who have strength of, God, of the body and mind, health and mind. As we think about Jesus in this closing, Jesus' teachings and miracles have drawn huge crowds. Some have traveled great distances to see him. We find earlier in, his, in uh, Matthew Jesus felt the need to get away from the crowds, escaping in a fishing boat all the way across the Sea of Galilee. In these specific moments, Jesus recognized the need to rest and, and refresh himself. In a broader sense, Jesus looks at the crowd of people and is filled with compassion for them. These are the children of Israel. These are the people of God. Instead of flourishing, Jesus sees that they are harassed and helpless. If Matthew had stopped there, we might think Jesus' sympathy for them had to do with Romans' occupation. Instead, Jesus feels compassion for a specific kind of misery, symbolized by the image of lost sheep. We can look at the Sermon on the Mount and see that Jesus challenged the attitudes and the behaviors of Israel's religious leaders in several important areas. Can we find this today as well? This, though, is the greatest charge against them. And instead of shepherding the people of Israel with kindness and mercy, the Pharisees and the other religious leaders judge, intimidate, and bully the people into following rules and procedures not even found in the law of Moses. The people are helpless against these leaders since their participation in the worship of God and life of the community is dependent on the approval of these men. Jesus' compassion and sympathy are another connection to God the Father. 
his impulse to shepherd the people points again to the fact that he is the Messiah. And as we seek today to free ourselves, to find ourselves in liberation, let's turn to Jesus as we truly seek Jesus to guide us in all of our stuff. Let us rise today. May we have compassion and sympathy for others that connects us back to the Father. And may Jesus be with us and he with, and we with him in all of our stuff, in all of our burdens, in all of our baggage. Today, let us rise. Pray earnestly that the Lord of the harvest will send out his workers to gather it in. We then find our resting place in comfort. And to my Bantu people, in case you don't know, Bantu people are the descendants of the ancient Israelites. The Bible calls them the children of God's dispersed people. That is the fact which a lot of historians have tried to hide from us. The fact that the Bantu people are the children of God, dispersed people, is everywhere. It tells us to God's people, Are you not as the children of the Ethiopians unto me, O children of Israel, saith the Lord? Did not I bring up Israel out of the land of Egypt, and the Philistines out of Cappadocia, and the Syrians out of Cyrene? And that was Amos chapter 9, verse 7. We all know the biblical Ethiopians and the Cushites in the present-day Sudan are the Nubians, the descendants of Cush. And we all know that the Nubians are the black people. We also know that the Cushites are the, the ancient Egyptians, the Kemetites or the uh, Zamorites are related because both groups are the descendants of two brothers, Cush for Cushites and Mizram for the ancient Egyptians, the sons of Ham, hence collectively called the Hemites or the Hamitic people. This means the ancient Egyptians were black too. No brainer there. Now for the children of Israel, the Israelites to be likened to the Cushites in the verse above, it, it, it obviously means that they were black as well, not Hamites, though, but rather descendants of Shem. These are the Bantu people of the day. And that's why I say to my Bantu people, this is just information to bring in more encouragement to today's message that you connect to all of this. My people perish for the lack of knowledge. Therefore, everyone, for all his ways are just a God of faithfulness and without justice righteous and upright is he my people cast your burdens i say on the lord and he shall sustain you he shall never permit his righteous the righteous to be moved may the lord add a blessing and a reading to his holy word and to this message today be blessed and go in peace Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Okay.
Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. For earth, give it honor to God, to my wife, who is the co-pastor of this branch of Zion, to God's house of salvation. We come today, this day that the Lord has made, a day that we are rejoicing and we're rejoicing. We are glad in it. David said, lift up your heads, O ye gates, if you lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come. And who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, if you lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come. And who is this king of glory? The Lord of hope. God is the King of Glory. Today we will bring forth uh, the word, a uh, very uh, familiar passage of Scripture, which is found in the book of Hebrews, 11th chapter. The first verse says, Now faith is the substance of things hope for the evidence of things not seen and for a thought today we want to feast on the subject the reality of faith faith is commonly defined as belief or confidence and someone or something depicts a level of trust that an individual may display with another. When we look at faith in a religious context, it is having confidence and awe Belief in God. It is the faith that Jesus Christ is. The son of God that defines our Christian faith. But how do we know faith? How do we operate? Within faith, Jesus said, one occasion, if you will have faith as small as a grain of mustard seeds, you can say to this mountain, go to yonder place. But how do we realize this phenomenon. How do we move mountains? Even metaphorically. Moving mountains in our lives. Require a level of faith. That we believe. That something will come. To fruition. What I've discovered is. That many Christians tend to. Define faith. By quoting Hebrews 11.1. 1. Therefore, 
echoing a cliched sentiment. Nonetheless, it is critical that we grasp the reality of faith. That we cannot, or we can really and truly move mountains. The book of Hebrews emphasizes faith in comparison to the law of Moses. Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill the law. That is, that God's law cannot be fulfilled in our lives without grace and the witness of the Holy Ghost. Yes, the letter of the law and our obedience is sacrificial, but the kingdom of heaven is not achieved through sacrifice. The purpose of sacrifice displays a willingness of one willing to be one with God. For the Bible teaches us that faith without works is dead. Examination of this concept could be very puzzling when we look at salvation and what it means to be saved. Faith is no new concept that has intrigued humanity and even caused great minds to explore this concept. Faith is often contrast with knowledge. Knowledge and faith Faith can be used comparably within the same realm of reality. Faith is theologically categorized as a higher form of knowledge, not contained within human intelligence. We find ourselves knowing that we know because we know what we know. We find ourselves venturing to a level of confidence that we intimately, intimately act on the promise of the Creator. Today it is critically vital to our walk with God that we understand what faith is and what faith is not. Besides the ability to quote Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is really, truly the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I will be remiss if I rely on a mere uh, Definition of faith without actually rightly dividing the word of truth. For Hebrews says, now faith, Greek, Greek translation of day, D-E. Uh, but we know that these words are used to join and all connect with other thoughts. In other words, the definition of faith in this passage of scripture is not 
isolated, without full contact of what has preceded Hebrews 11 chapter in the first verse. Hebrews makes the appeal that in order to be justified, we must walk by faith. The Lord gives us a mirror to see our sin, but the true reality of salvation is by faith. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we assess by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now faith denotes more than a static concept, but it is dynamic in nature. Faith is this very moment. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow may not come, but now faith will move the mountains and our life. Now faith will open doors that no man can close. Now faith will heal the sick, cause our enemies to be our footstool. Now faith, we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Fear no evil. Now faith was exercised by the hero boys and the five furnace when King Nebuchadnezzar said, I put three men into the furnace and look, behold, there's a fourth one who looks like the son of God. The reality of now faith it says that it is substantive, predicated not on a, our own power. Sin entered into the world by disobedience. Sin separates man from God. Sin destroys the essence of life. But the Bible said the wages. A sin is death. Yet it doesn't suffice to simply stop. Once enter, one sin enter into the world, it is a mark of no return. That's why Paul said, For that which I do, I allow not. For that I would that do I not but what I hate that do I if then I do that which I would not I consent unto the law that is good now then there is no more that I do it but sin that dwelleth in me for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for the will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would do I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. 
Now, and if I do that, I would not. It is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Faith without works is dead, but works without faith, my brothers and sisters, is fruitless. So what is the author of Hebrews saying to us today? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith, hypostatis, the Greek word faith is substantial faith. Faith is real. Must take God as God's word. Faith is not a concept of nothingness. Faith is not a term that exists in a vacuum. Faith is not magic. Magic is predicated upon illusion. What appears to be, what appears before the eyes. What stimulates the imagination, but it's separate from reality, which is called deception. The opposite of faith is doubt. And to be very clear, just a little doubt, just a little doubt can change a faithful heart. Don't you remember the serpent said unto Eve, if you partake of this forbidden fruit, God knows that the day that you take your eyes will be open and you will be as God knowing the difference between right and wrong. A truth, a truth that the serpent used, but twisted enough, just a little twist, turns truth, turn faith into doubt. Just a little lie will make the whole point. Deceptive. You see, the enemy does not have to resent the lie in his fullness. Otherwise, we would recognize it as a lie. Yet, Satan comes to us as the angel of life. Gives us just a little reason. To accept a perversion of the truth, which is utterly a lie deception. Just a little leaven destroys the whole bread. Just one up, one bad apple spores. The whole bunch, just a little white lie, makes the whole statement a lie. 
James says it this way. Blessed is the man that endure temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Which the Lord have promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted. I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted. When he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust have conceived. It bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringing forth death. How, how, how then shall we escape the curse of sin? Remember, my brothers and sisters, faith is right now in faith. It's substance, it's substantial. Faith is also evidentiary. Although faith cannot be seen by the naked eye, the evidence of faith is witnessed every day by humanity. God says it. That settles it. I believe it. Faith has Always been there from the beginning, even when doubt was raging war against life. Faith was in the midst of the garden as the tree of life. When God commanded to Adam, of every tree you may eat of, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it for the day that you eat of you will surely die faith is Abraham's ram in the bush faith is Elijah hearing a still small voice faith is David's walk through the valley of death and fearing no evil. Faith is Daniel's lines den. Faith is Ezekiel's will in the middle of a will. Faith is Joshua's courage that led the children of Israel to the promised land. Faith is Isaiah equal high prophecy unto us. A child is born unto us. A son is given and a government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Faith is the key. And love unlocks the door. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. But have everlasting life. For Moses truly gave the law. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The wages of sin is still death. Lord said undoubtedly. You transgressed. Of your own free will.
until you came out of the garden which I have placed you. Of your own free will have you transgressed through your desire for divinity, greatness, and an exalted state such as I have so that I deprive you of the bright nature in which you then were, were and I made you come out of garden to this land rough and full of troubles. If only, if only you had not transgressed my commandment and had kept my law and not eaten of the fruit of the tree near which I told you not to come and there were fruit trees in the garden better than that one. But the wicked Satan who continued not in his first creation nor kept his faith in whom was no good intent towards me. And who though I had created him yet set me at naught and sought the God here so that I heard him down from heaven. It is who had made you eat of the forbidden fruit, cause you to transgress my commandments, and therefore I brought upon you all these sorrows. For I am God, your creator, who when I created my creatures did not intend to destroy them, but after they sorely roused my anger, I punished them with grievance, plagues, until they repent. But if on the contrary they still continue to harden their heart in their transgression, they shall be under a curse forever. But God, the Lord said unto Adam, Verily I say unto thee, The darkness will pass from thee. Every day that I have determined for thee until the fulfillment of my covenant. When I will save thee and bring thee back unto the garden. And to the abode of life thou longest for. Wherein no darkness I will bring thee to it in the kingdom of heaven. Again say God unto Abraham all this misery that thou hast been made. To take upon thee because of your transgressions. Will not free thee from the hand of Satan. But I will. Not say thee. But I will when I come down. From heaven. Shall become flesh of thy seed. And take upon me the infirmity from which thou sufferest. Then the darkness that came upon thee in this cave. Should come upon me in the grave when I am in the flesh of thy seed. And I, who am without years, shall subject, be subject to the reckoning of years, of times and months and of days. And I shall be reckoned as one of the sons of men in order to save you, Adam. And not only so, but the glory 
We glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation work of patience, patient experience, and experience hope. Hope making not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us for when, 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 when we were yet without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. I can hear, I can hear the songwriters say, I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me not all in all. Lord, now indeed I find that power in thine alone. Came and changed the leper spots and it melt the heart of stone. And when before the throne I stand complete, Jesus has died my soul to save. My lips uh, shall surely repeat, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin have left the Christian stain. But Jesus washed it white as snow. Oh, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. For one day when I was lost, Jesus died on the cross. I know it was the blood they laid him in a tomb they laid him in a tomb for me one day when i was lost jesus died on the cross i know it was the blood for me they said he never said a mumbling word for me they said he hung his head and died for me they say they laid him in joseph barring tomb for me he stayed in all night friday all day saturday all night saturday but early early sunday morning just for me jesus got up from the grave and say, oh grave, where's your victory? Oh death, where's your sting? I got all power, all power, all power, all power, by faith, by faith, are we saved? For grace are we saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. 
It is is the reality of faith. We now will open the door of the church. Invite you to come. Jesus said, come unto me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I stand at the door and knock if any man should hear my voice. And open up the door of his heart. I will come unto him and I will sup with him and he with me. If you don't know Jesus today, we invite you to come now and give God your heart. Jesus, if any man come unto me, I will in no wise cast him away. My brothers and my sisters, Jesus is waiting and Jesus is willing. With open arms, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Just now. Come to Jesus. Just as you are. Come to Jesus. For it's by God's grace, your faith, that you can open up the doors of the kingdom of heaven. Sup with Jesus, you and Jesus, God, one with man. Come to Jesus.